Jerry Havel has a passion for many things. Side-by-side shotguns, pointing dogs, a rather above-average bottle of bourbon, North America's best grouse and woodcock camp, and maybe most importantly, the perfect cover in the woods. So much so, he's dedicated his life to most of the things on that list. Maybe not so much the bourbon part, but for sure, the others. Today, his story. Heatog, the hottest name in portable propane heaters. More reliable, wider heat area, and packed with features for hunting, camping, fishing, tailgating, workshops, and job sites. Tired of melted ice at your feet in your pop-up ice shelter? Heatog is the only heater with adjustable tilt that sends the heat exactly where you want it. Heat your body, not just your feet. You want more features? Heatog keeps your fuel warm for longer runtime per tank. Plus, these portable units blast heat to a 33% wider area than the competition. With three different models to choose from, there is a heat hog just the right size for you to get easy to use, portable, reliable heat. Stay warmer, longer with heat hog. Visit heathog.com and order one today with free shipping. Heat hog, the only one that tilts. I'm Bill Shirk. I fish, I hunt, I camp, and I tell stories. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. Well, joining me today is Jerry Havel, and I had intended to uh, get right to the fun stuff off the top, but you have, uh, unfortunately, a rather poignant story to share, so much so it actually delayed you and I getting together for the podcast. Jerry, first off, welcome, and uh, what's shaking? You know, not a lot. We are in the middle of the best month out of the year up here at Pine Ridge Grouse Camp, and uh, the weather's been a little tough, but there are plenty of birds and and uh, plenty of stories like uh, like you mentioned in your open, and uh, I guess we're just kind of living the dream here for a couple months. So, talk about the woods yesterday. Um, I feel like this so, yeah, is an important uh, story, not, and it's worth sharing. You know, uh, you we have to take every October every day in a field, uh, every day fishing, camping. We uh, a good friend of mine was hunting with a buddy of his uh, from uh, out of state, and uh, very long story short, but he had unexpectedly passed away of a heart attack uh, in the grouse woods, and uh, you know we 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 he lost his dog. His one dog was sitting there on laying next to him, and, and he was pronounced dead when they got there. And, uh, you know, it just kind of puts things, you know, puts things in perspective a little bit. You know, if you're an older guy like me, that it literally can be taken away for you at any any second. And we have a bunch of guys in camp right now, and I just said a few things last night similar, and I just said, hey, for the younger guys, it's not about bag limits. It's not about how many miles you walk. It's about, you know, the friendships, the memories, the uh, – just being outdoors and uh for a friend of a friend a friend of like i said my buddy's buddy who i never met but you know we were uh he was an upland hunter like i am and you just never know so that was that was kind of the day yesterday 
and kind of puts things in perspective a little bit as we as we start talking and kind of reflect on, you know, we, we have a lot more of them behind us than we have in front. And for this Upland hunter, he, uh, you know, he his last day was yesterday. So, what kind of dog did he have? He uh, he ran setters, and it's kind of interesting. You you talk about your bond with your dog, and I mean any dog, but. He, uh, he, he was running two of his setters, according to my friend Tom, and, and uh, he was looking for one and why the other one was kind of hunting with them. And, and all of a sudden, you know, from, from my buddy's perspective, they heard the beeper collar go off. And they said, oh, we got a point. So the, the guy runs over there and they find his one setter laying next to his, uh, his body after he just probably had the heart attack, just laid there next to him. Unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, well, it, it, you know it is, and but you look at it, you know that guy had a bond with those dogs, and and uh, yeah, it just puts it in perspective. I would say, but it makes it. It made me take four or five steps back to kind of just appreciate what we're doing and what we're have, but what we do here at Pine Ridge, and you know, not just Pine Ridge, but what we do every day when we when we when we live the outdoors, like all of us kind of do. Yeah. So talk about. Pine Ridge, the environment, uh, you kind of surround <laughs> yourself with this time of year. It's a pretty special place. We, uh, I like to say we spend about 10 months getting ready for about two months. <laughs> and uh, we, everything we do here has one thing in mind, and that's really grouse and woodcock season. Um, we, we literally take hunters from all over uh, the United States and a couple from over in Europe once in a while. Um, we, I've got some great, great friends that help me out guiding. Uh, and, uh, we basically, we get up, we have a nice breakfast, we hunt all day, come back, have, uh, just have a great dinner evening and sit by the fire and, and tell some, tell, tell what happened. Like I said, we just talked about yesterday or we talk about the day before, but it's, uh, it's, I, I look at pine, it's kind of a healing place, I think for some people. And, uh, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, uh, if you like grouse and woodcock hunting dogs, kind of like what you said, bourbons and guns and, you know, that's what we're all about. Really. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We can't. <laughs> um, and, uh, the guys that do take themselves too seriously for some reason, they don't come back. <laughs> but that being said, I've been lucky enough to be in camp a few times this is not a bottom of the barrel establishment. First off, this is kind of like home for you, but the best of the best <laughs> tend to show up. No joke. We no. Well, yeah, we, uh, I, I, I tell everybody my kind of line about Pine Ridge because we have a lot of repeat guests and friends and stuff. And I always say we're kind of like your high school reunion that you actually want to go to. You know, or you want to see people that come hunting. You don't really want to go to your high school reunion, but you do. But we're, we're, you want to come here. And, you know, we got a lot of accomplished uh, uh, people in industry, CEOs. And we got a lot of guys that, you know, work overtime to come here. And it's kind of like a little melting pot of, of personalities and careers and jobs. But really, the common theme and the common goal really is is the, is the birds and the dogs and the, and the shotguns to, and side-by-sides particularly. But uh, I don't know, that's, that's, I, I, maybe I'm soft-selling it a little bit, but, uh, 
yeah, we it's oh, how do I want to say that? It's home. It it, like it feels home. like home to me. And I think after after a few hours when guys come here and they're why we uh, a lot of ladies and women, young women and older women come. It, it's kind of it's their place. They feel at home and they feel welcome and and uh, they let their hair down a little bit, but they hunt hard during the day. Like the last last few days, they had a lot of rain, but uh, that doesn't stop anybody. So. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of like home for a lot of people. All right. So the initial question I was going to ask you. <laughs> Good. Uh, pick a bourbon. If there's one that you have to put in a glass and send to your belly after a day hunting, what is it going to be? All right. So what we do here, and this will answer that question. If you've never hunt, if you've never shot a rough grouse, we tend to celebrate that here a little bit. We have the the guide of who took you out, him or her out hunting, and they describe the grouse shot. Now, in great detail, because it's usually a funny story here and there. And we give them a handmade ceramic shot glass that we make up here at Pine Ridge with a little bead and a grouse feather on it with the date inscribed underneath in a Sharpie marker. The only drink that they really need to have, and it's the best bourbon you're going to, I think, is is uh, to celebrate one's first grouse or after a long day is the one and only Blanton's single barrel. Um, I have a guy uh, that uh, we can get some more easily than other people. <laughs> um, but uh, if I'm coming back from hard day or we're going to celebrate somebody's first grouse in front of 20 people blanton's is the only way to go i can remember for for those who might not know blanton's is about as good as it comes um it's, it's the best <laughs> it ain't in the cheap aisle at the iga let's put it that way uh, no but, but uh yeah and you know what that's good because it's more appreciative when you have to spend a little extra i guess all i remember is our good friend kevin burt yeah. Harvesting his first bird, literally in tears, and he <laughs> yep. yells out, "Blanton's baby." <laughs> the the only the only addendum to that story is Kevin took more than a shot. Oh, I think yeah. I think the three of us finished off almost. And we're not talking about the grouse. Oh right, right. No, no, no. I'm talking about the shot glass. <laughs> he didn't take one shot of Blanton's. He took several. Shots of Blanton's after that one. <laughs> Save some for the children. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, in fact, I talk- hunted that cover a little. I hunted that cover a little bit ago, where we filmed that with Kevin, and I thought about uh, the three of us and Kevin asking Jerry, Bill, what happens if I see a bear? And I don't know if it was you or me said, "We what do we care? We can run faster than you, Kevin." <laughs> I think I think you mentioned that to him or whatever. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk a lot more about camp, but for you being the proprietor of this place, you also have uh, a rather unusual breed of dog that you're in charge <laughs> of uh, just because you didn't have enough time or enough to fill the time of your days. You started a shotgun company. We're going to get to all that, but but before we do that, I kind of want to go back in time. I want to go to little fourth grade Jerry Havel. 
<laughs> what were those times he, he like little. for you? What kind of kid were you? God, I don't know. I mean, I listened. I don't know. I was probably we were we were outdoing all all three of my brothers and I. My my brothers and I grew up outside. You know, my mom and dad were very active outside. They were, were outdoors. You know, canoe trips down the Mississippi River, uh, portaging on the you know uh, in the Boundary Waters a few times. We had our quote. All three of my or me and my two brothers. All three of us had our birds in the bee talk at a fishing resort up in Lake Vermilion. Um, that was, that was pretty funny and memorable. And, uh, and as you can imagine with, uh, with the, the birds and the bee talk, um, but we, you know, we were, I would say I got in trouble a little bit, but it was, I look at today and, uh, I have a grandson now who's 15 months and, you know, you want to get in trouble. You want your kids to, you know, get in trouble a little bit. So we were always outside, it seemed like, and, and, uh, and then as you know, fourth grade, probably a little nerdy or older, you know, listen to a lot of talk radio, a little public radio and wow. And yeah, kind of yeah. And then I remember we got our first well, we got our I got an English setter at a young age and, and I ended up somebody gave me an old beat up terrible English setter that could point squirrels with the best of them but couldn't point a bird, you know, to save her life. So you kind of get in the dog world in weird ways, and that's kind of how I got into it. But fourth grade, Jerry Havel, probably a little bit of a smart ass too. I would probably add. Some things never change. I can I can tell you about a sheetrock wall with my back into it one time. We'll we'll save that save that over Blanton's too. <laughs> <laughs> so you grow up, uh, you get into the corporate world. You're doing, weren't you doing IT? For a while, no, we, you know, we, uh, we, my wife and I got married in college and moved over to Malaysia for about two or three years and did some work over there and came back and uh, did a little, tried some stuff, but I, I always, for some reason, I needed to get back in the sporting goods world and worked, uh, got hired on and worked with a rep group out of Chicago who's no longer in business and we represented Remington. Zebco, Quantum, Motor Guide, uh, a bunch of really, really good outdoor lines. And uh, I was kind of their hunting guy and and really did, actually did a lot of guiding because I had dogs. And when we do, you know, customer hunts, I'd always get invited because I had dogs and could clean birds. And uh, so we did that, for, did that for a while and then um, moved back to Minnesota. I can't even remember the dates, but. And then we, my wife and I started a little home decor gift business focusing on Northwoods gifts and everything from antler chandeliers to moose poop candy. Um, mm. If it made sense with the outdoors, we sold it and didn't care and sold a bunch of stuff to Gander and Cabela's and Shields through the years. Uh, but that was, that's, that was kind of my, I, I hate to say career because that sounds so formal, but my my uh livelihood for for a few years and then you end up in a hospital <laughs> and things are changing quickly we uh we had a little bout with the cancer word and uh how do we we basically i like to say we took three years off from uh, doing a lot of things but basically we were you know in and out of the hospital in and out of surgeries and just trying to I tell people for, for me and my wife and, 
and my three kids, I mean, our goal for about three years was to make it to 1201 every night, Man. just so we could say we kicked cancer's ass for that. So that, so we did that. And then, you know, we're coming out of it and we're starting to feel a little better. And I, I had one more surgery left, I think, to, I don't know, a cancer came back and we had to take something out. And I told my wife, I said, you know, and, and you've met, you've met my wife, Brenda. I said, you know what, we've got our, our family deer camp and you know what, why don't, and we've always talked about doing something crazy. I said, and we were, I was before this by cancer, I was doing a lot of traveling and that tends to suck after a while, believe it or not. And, uh, and so I said, why don't we toy around with opening up a grouse camp? And Brenda, I mean, I've had, and you know me a little bit, but I've had a lot of crazy harebrained ideas. And she's agreed with about 98% of them. And the, uh, the other 2% we won't go into. Uh, but she said, yeah, whatever. And, uh, and then so about 2000, I think, 10, uh, we uh, took an ad out in a, a Shank shooting sportsman and did not know what to expect and had my buddy Earl Johnson uh, help me. And he's a whole nother five podcast in himself. But uh, and we just started guiding and uh, guiding people and learned a lot the last, you know, the first couple of years. And and uh, like I said, now it was kind of a kind of neat. We got a lot of repeat people. And like we said in the beginning, a lot of repeat people and. I think we show them a good time and, and, uh, and, uh, we're, 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 it's not, again, it's not about the hunt. It's about everything, including the hunt. It's uh, like you said, the, the after dinner drink, the fire, the stories. And so that's kind of how we, we, uh, we kind of grew up to that or got to the, the grouse camp, so to speak. And correct me if I'm wrong, but my sense has always been, that when you took on the camp and turned it into what it is now, that was a huge change for you. It was a little bit of therapy. It was a, a lot of future, and it was a bit of a dream. You know, yeah, that you probably hit it right on the head. I mean, for for spell, you know, for Brenda to say, "Hey, let's okay, whatever, just shut up, Jerry. Quit talking about it. Just do it." And, you know, to go from a, a, a paycheck every two weeks and, you know, those 401k things and, uh, you know, because after, after my cancer, like, like everybody who's had medical issues, you know, we're, this is not a, I mean, we, I don't want to talk politics or medical policy, but man, you go through stuff like that. I mean, that stuff's not cheap and everybody's got insurance and insurance is a great thing, but we, I mean, we, we basically kind of had to start from scratch again, financially, mm -hmm. emotionally, career wise. And, uh, so yeah, it was, it was a dream. And, you know, I mean, when it, what, it was the perfect time to do it because what, what are we going to do? We're going to go back to the hospital. Am I not going to hunt for three years? So it was kind of like a perfect time to try something like this. And, and, uh, and I, 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 I tell myself, God, I wish you would have done this 15, 20, like, 20, when I was 25, you know, when I'm younger and my body's in shape, but then I wouldn't have had the experiences beforehand, like, you know, as a sales rep for Remington and, you know, calling on Cabela's and Gander and them, you know, those experiences really helped shape what Pimer's is about a little bit. And, uh, so 
kind of, you know, your experiences, your past experiences really help dictate what you want in the future a lot, I think. And I think I'm a good example of that because I wouldn't have the skill set if I would have started training dogs at 25 and started guiding professionally, let's say at 29, you know, you're, you're, you know, you don't know a lot at doing those things and at that stage of your life. So it was kind of a good time to do it. And there's, you know, and I don't know, I'm, I'm one of those guys, if there's, there's never a good time, but if you do it, you got to work hard, work hard and uh, just, just keep digging, you know, just keep just grinding away a little bit. And that's, that's why, that. and that's why now arguably the premier grouse camp, <laughs> Woodcock camp in North you, America. You can and say pe- that. And, I, people, I, uh, and people will pay you anything to have an opportunity to just get through the door and stay in one of the cabins for a few days. You know, we phone. don't take a lot of people, and that's one by design. Um, we have a lot of, I kind of joke around. We have, you know, if you are if you can get in, and like I said, we the all the repeat all the repeat groups, they know when the best time is. And I mean, you think about grouse and what got cutting, it's not that long. Um, the prime times, luckily, depending on mother nature, three weeks, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we had freezing snow at, at, on the 18th. So I don't want to say that we're premier. I think we're very good at what we do and we're trying to, and this is just me. I want to be better every year. And, and the word I tell my guides and, and uh, our people that help us out here, we want to exceed expectations. Um, and uh, I think we do that uh, very consistently. Um, we kind of have a waiting list. Uh, you know, we get booked up usually by March 1st for exactly. the year. And, and uh, we have, I kind of create a waiting list a little bit after that. Um, and then uh, we can kind of fill with people. And, you know, and, and I get life happened probably better than everybody where, you know, we had a gentleman, hey, Jerry, I can't make it this year. I have to put my father into a uh, uh, healthcare facility or, or nursing home, and I can't make it. So, hey, that's fine. We'll push your, you know, come next year. No worries. Don't worry about it. And we're lucky enough that we can make a phone call and get those dates booked up on a on a pretty short notice. And I, I we don't really advertise anymore, and I think a lot of our – how people call me and and find out about us is a lot of word of mouth throughout the country, which is kind of exciting. And, and, uh, um, like I said, that, that makes me feel good that we've, we have a good reputation out there. And I'll, I will be honest with you. I tell people when I, we talk on the phone or email and people call me, you know, we, we ask a few questions that tend to weed people out a little bit. And, uh, one of them is we're, we're, and again, I tell them we're not, we're, we don't do this to be snotty or whatever, but we're over and under or side by side only. Uh, we don't allow anybody to come with repeater or semi-autos or pump guns and they're great guns. And I sold a bunch of them. However, my theory is uh break action gun is safe and my guides know that, but really more importantly, we, you know, if we take two shots at a grouse, we miss guess what we lost grouse one why do we need to take three four five shots at a grouse we don't and uh so that's kind of how we can weed people out a little bit and you can justify it any way you want what's your kid's name (laughs) 
So the, the running uh, joke just, just is... Answer, and, no, no, no. Just answer the question. Oh, well, I, I got it. So my, my son's name is Parker. Name? And I oh. tell everybody, I tell everybody if I was a wrestling coach, I would have named my son Matt. <laughs> oh, wait, boy. wait, wait. So, so these are these are the guy jokes, guys here in the car a little bit. So oh, anyway. Yeah, exactly. I know, like, like Henny and the one-liners, right? Of course, um, Parker's being one of the premier American-made side-by-side exactly. shotguns, the the Blantons of the side-by-side world. Exactly, and uh, there we 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 talk a lot of uh, a lot of shotguns here, and that Parker's tend to be. Uh, Tend to be one of them we talk about exactly. All right, so not bad for a fourteen-year-old who used to get into trouble. But we got to take a break here <laughs> and thank some of the sponsors that make this podcast happen. But when we come back, I want to talk hound dogs and I want to talk pea shooters. Is that a deal? Got done deal. All right, Jerry Havel of Pine Ridge Grouse Camp is uh, my guest today, and you are listening to the Minnesota Bound Podcast. The stories behind. Behind the stories. And we have so many sponsors who help make this podcast happen. Up first, I want to thank our good friends at Connecticut Water. You know, fall, it is here, not close, but here. And that means the Shirk family is back at the cabin for fall leaves and the hunting season. That also means we've got Connecticut water in the woods. See, last summer, we were lucky enough to add Connecticut at the cabin. <laughs> And what a difference. For as long as I can remember, we've dealt with that stinky, foul well water. But after a really painless four-hour installation, we had Connecticut soft water and also Connecticut's K5 drinking system. No more bottled water to try and make early morning coffee. Great drinking water right out of the K5 tap. The laundry. It no longer smells funny, and Connecticut Water cleaned up the showers and the dishes. The world's most efficient, worry-free water system. Visit Connecticut.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shots stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered, and at the end of the day, may you share the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight-pointers and the 12-ouncers. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited-edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12- and 24-pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. We'd also like to thank the Minnesota Propane Association. It's summer season, which means thunderstorms can roll on in. Are you prepared for a power outage at your home or business? The Minnesota Propane Association wants you to know that installing a propane generator will ensure peace of mind when the power goes out. Also, the same propane that powers your generator can also power all the major appliances in your home. Installing propane appliances instead of electric appliances in your home or business will reduce the size and cost of the generator. Imagine running all your gas appliances at one time versus picking and choosing which electric ones to run during a power outage. Reliable, affordable, safe. Propane, the energy for everyone. To find out more about generators and propane appliances, go to propane.com. Okay, it's grouse and woodcock season, and joining me today is one of my original 
woodcock hunting buddies, probably more so mentors and sassy friends from the woods, Jerry Havel. So you get Pine Ridge Grouse Camp up and running, turn it into the best thing since apple pie. Uh, and then you get this hankering for dogs. You've always, <laughs> you've always had it, but not all breeds are created equally. What gives? You know, yeah. Dog, oh my God. Dogs have been a part of my life and my wife's life when, you know, she was growing up as well. So it, it's just, I mean, my God, if you're a grouse hunter and you're a grouse guide, you got to have dogs and you can't have one or two dogs. You need to have multiple dogs. So I, uh, worked with some people to get some L. Hugh English pointers and the English pointers get a bad rap in Minnesota because of the cold. And Oh my God, all these guys in the South that run them on field trials. And, and if you get a, nothing can be farthest from the truth. Uh, and, uh, so they've always been a part of my life, but probably more so now bigger. And we put up a little dog kennel and here at the camp where we're, I'm breeding about once or once every two years, uh, right now, just because of the time, but, uh, I've got about 10 English pointers right now that are at different ages and, and everything. And my, my big dog or my, as, as you and I named him, AKA big sexy passed away a year or two ago. Hmm. Um, it, it's just, it's part of who we are. I mean, I can't imagine not having a bird dog anywhere in, in my life or, or whatever. And then. But then now my wife has Bernice Mountain Dogs, so we have a, two Bernice Mountain Dogs, along with 10 English Pointers. And the Pointers tend to fluctuate based on litters and all that. So, um, yeah, we do a lot of training up here at Pine Ridge uh, for people um, on a limited basis. Uh, we only do the Pointing Dogs stuff, uh, setters and Pointers primor primarily, and for customers that, and that, uh, that we work with. And... What's kind of nice, we sit on 160 acres at Pine Ridge, but again, it's managed for grouse and woodcock. So at any time of the year, um, we can train on wild birds here for the dogs. And that's, a, that's a, I think, a big deal for, for to build a really good grouse dog is to have access to uh, live birds, either pigeons if you can't do what we do, but we have access to woodcock and grouse and, and do a lot of woodcock fanning here every year. Uh, in the spring, as I know you and I have talked about that in the past. And, and two, to give you an idea, my guides, too, is some of my guides that come from North Carolina, Tennessee, uh, God, wherever, all over. I mean, my buddy Steven's bringing 20. Uh, he bought 14 uh, Gordon setters. Uh, another <laughs> guide from North Carolina brought 15 setters and, and uh, point, a couple pointers. So to, to be an effective guide, you have to have one really good dogs and two fresh dogs um you know a couple of days ago when it was 75 degrees you know we were rotating dogs every hour to have a fresh dog and, and that's i think that's one of the one of the neat things that we can provide or we offer every year we have a guy hey i want to hunt with you guys really really bad i want to see different dogs work so i'm ready to buy a dog i don't know how to work so if you come here for three or four days you can see seven different breeds hunt over the course of three days with what I have and my guides have French Brittany's draughts, sh uh, short hairs, uh, Gordon. So that, that's kind of a neat thing that we kind of, that not a lot of people can, can say they do. And, 
and we have a pretty high standard for our dogs, uh, I think. Um, and, uh, but I get it. So yeah, we thought we'd put up a dog kennel, run a grouse camp and, and train some dogs in the off season. And I, and I think it's important to point out, you mentioned 160 acres. That's not where you're doing all your hunting. You guys have like 400 plus covers. Oh, we, we, I, you know, what's funny is, is my guides, they my where people crack up and, and I've probably got that many, uh, all, I don't tell any of my guides where to go. My, my, my theory is if you are a grouse and woodcock hunter, if you don't understand what habitat is, you should, probably shouldn't be in the woods. <laughs> and, and I say, listen, you guys, Hey, this is the best. I mean, I honestly, God, yeah, we've got some of the best grouse in the world in Northern Minnesota. And that's thankful to the, the Minnesota DNR, the County, and then now the feds, feds are doing more cutting. So we're hunting a lot of public lands. And I do want to put an asterisk on that, that we're not shooting a lot of birds. We're not, we, we will never shoot a bird on the ground. Um, and I know some of the people say, oh, you guys got all these people coming in and shooting all these birds. And, you know, we put up, God, 44 grouse yesterday and shot one. You know, it's it's not like we're taking a lot of birds because most people aren't, you know, shooting birds. You know, if we got a, a guy that's a really good hunter or a young woman that's a really good hunter, you know, we're going to shoot two or three a day. You know, we're going to see a lot of birds, but we're not doing it on the ground. We're not walking trails. We're in the woods busting brush. And and that gives, I think that makes the playing field level when you're hunting grouse a little bit that, you know, we're in their arena, you know, a 10-year-old aspen cut or a, a real long alder run. That's their arena. Like, uh, and that, you know, the the trail is more ours. It's wide open and. Um, but I, like I said, I can talk about that forever, but we don't, we don't, we shoot a lot of birds. Don't get me wrong. We see a lot more than we shoot that, that kind of gives the perception that, you know, that's the game. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it really is. It's a competition. I always, I always laugh. Of course, I love documenting our grouse hunts and woodcock hunts for the flush, which is our national bird hunting show. And the amount of people who complain about me missing, <laughs> it's just like, I get it. You're a better shot than me. You never miss. That's cool. No, but that's trust not, me. I, but you know what I will this say? Is this is about I my mean, experience, not theirs. And I'm exactly, I'm and, completely and, average and happy with it. You're the best of the lousiest and the lousiest of the best. Thank you, Common Man. <laughs> I love that. I had to throw that in there. No, we had a, we have a guy uh, from South Carolina. He shot his first grouse uh, two days ago. And it was raining, and it was it was it was nasty out two days ago, and uh, he's elk hunted, he you know plantation quail, he shouldn't hunt out west, and in his perspective, this was the hardest hunting he's ever done, uh, bird or big game, and then, again that's very debatable, you know chucker hunting's pretty tough, but you know if you when you're in when you're in the aspen you know a young successional growth cut. And, and going over limbs every day, uh, it's a tough hunt. And I, I one quick story. One guy said, Jerry, I can't wait to see you. I've been walking five miles a day in a cul-de-sac. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm in shape. And the first five hours he's here, I'm giving him a leave because he's never stepped over so many deadfalls. And he goes to me, God, walking in a cul-de-sac with my wife really isn't the same. And I go, 
I know. There's really no way to prepare for it unless you just do it. And uh, so, like I said, that that's the beauty of what we have in Minnesota. And again, as a resource for other people, I mean, we, we have no idea how lucky we are with the public lands and how they're managed. And this is not a free plug to the, to the state or anybody, but you go to a lot of other places. We do not have this luxury than, than most of the outdoor hunters or most of the upland hunters have uh, nationwide. And it's a truly a blessing to have, to have it managed and, you know, have these birds here. You know, we, right, I want to get, I want to get back to the dogs. Well, the, the state bird of Pennsylvania and New Jersey is the rough grouse who are both, <laughs> I think on endangered Norton in New Jersey, and it's not managed great in PA. And I have a lot of guys come from PA and out East to Minnesota drive to shoot birds. And our, I, what, I don't even know what our state bird is, but if they're state bird and they can't even hunt them, that's that's bad management, bad forest management. No doubt. No doubt. All right, let's get back to the dogs. This comment. This is important. Let, we got to get back to the dogs. Because sorry, sorry. How, how many people are dealing with L. Hughes? You know, in Minnesota, we're starting to see a bunch more. I mean, when I say a bunch more, a couple guys will buy one here and there. Uh, not many in Minnesota. There's a good breeder uh, in, up in uh, up near Duluth. Um, you know, there's a couple of garage guys that are doing it. Um, I'm lucky that I've worked with uh, 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 Mel Fifel a little bit, and she's out east. Um, and she worked with Bob Welly when he was still alive, um, doing a lot of his banks when he was real old. Uh, Mel would do a lot of breeding with him, and she tells a story. Uh, and these are some big names: Distinction, Discovery, uh, Mother, or uh, uh, Tommy Boy. Um, some of the real well-known dogs, and she would tell that she had take a bunch of litters, and she would breed for Bob at the end of his life. And she would the story would say something like, "She'd take sixty puppies over. Bob would sit and watch them run around, and all right, I want these two to get out of here, you know." And uh, but down south, you know. They're really known as a really good foot dog, a really good grouse and woodcock dog. Um, they're super smart, and they can really adjust to any type of bird cover out west and quail. But they're really – Bob Welly grew up in upstate New York as part of the Genesee beer family back in the day. And if you get bored on eBay and type Genesee beer, you'll see a lot of grouse and dog-type advertising back in the day. A um, little side note, so don't bid on me when you're on eBay looking for this stuff. But uh, down south, the LUs are really the a lot of guys will breed them into their 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 bloodline because of the brains a little bit and the smarts. Um, and if again, another side tangent, but I, I actually in when my son Parker was in high school, he had to pick out a book report, and I made him do the book report on um, Snakefoot that was written by Bob Welly. Uh, about this dog and how he developed the breeding and the chromosomes and everything to build how he perceived the perfect bird dog. And I think Parker got an A minus or a, or a B plus lineup, but I probably helped him with it. Was probably my part that knocked him down. But it's a great book. Two pages to. long. Exactly. If anybody wants to read about genetics and you know really how to line breed, it's a great great book, and I recommend it to a lot of the. The guys and guys and gals that come up here, if they want to learn about dogs, it's a great, great book, Snakefoot. 
All right. We have to take another break. We still haven't gotten to the shotgun portion. <laughs> Excuse me. The pea shooters, but we'll get to that. But let me thank a couple of sponsors real quick. You are listening to the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. And I'm your host, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Up first, a shout out to North Dakota tourism. You know, again, right now we are in the woods and out on the prairie chasing birds. And I'm still planning details for my fall hunt in one of my all-time favorite hunting destinations, North Dakota. The most recent bird count is just in. Biologists in North Dakota report the total number of pheasants observed. That number was 65 birds per 100 miles of roadway. That is up 61% from last year. And broods, 7.5 per 100 miles. That number is up 70%. The end result, world-class upland hunting. On the waterfowl side, 2023 was one of the wettest springs on records, which means an estimated 3.4 million breeding ducks. That number is also up from last season. Add to that North Dakota's PLOTS program, 800,000 acres of private land open to public walk-in hunting. All that together, you have your spot just waiting for the perfect fall hunt. Make memories and hunt North Dakota. Plan your adventure just like we do at hellond.com. It's also time for a shout out to our good friends at StarBank. Ron Shera here with a question. Have you ever heard of an economic first responder? That's an economic first responder. Well, it's real. Think of StarBank. StarBank is saving local businesses as an economic first responder in the Twin Cities the West Metro, and rural Minnesota. StarBank has been helping small businesses keep their lights on, pay their rent, pay their employees for months now. In fact, StarBank has helped 629 local businesses during this pandemic. And they've been keeping small businesses on Minnesota's main streets as well. Keeping small businesses alive. Economic first responders, indeed. You know... Star Bank is our local hero during this pandemic. Find Star Bank at StarBank.net on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Bank locally with Star Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. That's my choice, Star Bank. Ron Shera here. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. 10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. Okay. Jerry Havel and I are sitting today talking about grouse and woodcock and dogs and bourbon. And that just wasn't good enough for you. <laughs> and so you just woke up one day and said, hmm, how about shotguns? No. You are not. Man, normal. I tell you, Bill, 
Some days, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have nothing further to say. You're the one who we, did that. So so we see a lot of guns coming through the camp, obviously. And, and, Some better uh, than others. Oh, right, yeah, right, right, right. And then, you know, everything. And, you know, it was funny – uh, and I, I sold Remington for a lot of years and, and, uh, but you know, you see a lot of stuff come through and at the same time, a good friend of mine and now business partner, he was doing some work for uh, a Spanish company, Spanish gun company and asked me what I thought about something. And I said, Oh my God, no, 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 no. And, and he goes, why? Well, I see these guys coming through my camp and, and they're, you got some guys that are shooting some great Parkers and some custom made booties and shooting a lot of Turkish stuff. I will not name Turkish stuff names, but Turkish is known for a price point. You know, and these guys are driving a hundred thousand dollar trucks and shooting a $900 gun and not having much success. And so, so Dan LaFon, my buddy who I knew way back in Michigan. And I always tell the joke that, Nobody liked Dan and nobody liked me, so we became pretty good friends. Um, and uh, and he so we him and I were doing some work together with uh, with a company out of Spain, and, and we were in Germany uh, at the Ewa show. And Dan and I were talking, and we were we had this idea, you know, I don't know, like I said, with the guys coming to camp, and and keep in mind, Dan's been in the sporting good business for forty years too, selling guns, so. We, we kind of, I don't want to say we knew what we were doing, but we had a little background and we ran across, we ran, a, Dan and I said, Hey, we got to go back to this one. Dan was walking and he goes, Hey, we got to go see this company. Got to So we try to go back and they were always busy. And so we finally got a chance to talk to him at the end of the show. And, uh, at that time, the, the stuff with our Spanish guy, you know, whatever, they couldn't do what we wanted to do. And, we had this kind of unique idea that I don't want to say cutting edge because I don't consider myself a cutting edge person or, or Dan by any means, but it was something outside the box. So the company we, we told RFM, uh, Rhoda Fausti manufacturing that we're going to come see them in the end of July. And I'm sure, and their English isn't great. And my Italian is non-existent and Dan's <laughs> is non-existent. And so about a month later, I said, hey, we're going to be here these dates. And I'm sure they're thinking the typical ugly American coming in, blah, 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 blah. And Got that part right. Exactly. But we, we had something that I think a lot of other people they've talked to uh, that we had in our back pocket is that my, my, my youngest daughter uh, went on a study abroad program in high school to Sicily and learn to speak Italian. And when she got back, she told Brenda and I said, mom and dad, I want to go to college in Italy. And as the, the crazy or the parents that Brenda and I thought, so you know what, if you can figure out a way to do it and it's correct thinking, you know what, she's not going to do it or whatever, just a past fading deal. Well, Olivia's pretty driven and, uh, and she figured out a way to get a scholarship to a university in Rome. And she moved there, uh, God, when she was 18 and got her degree there. And so we showed up at the factory 
with uh, Brenda and Dan, his wife, Carla, and our interpreter. And all of a sudden, everybody, when everybody can kind of understand everybody, and we didn't have to hire an interpreter, and there was no, there was no questions what they were saying or what we were saying. Um, my 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 partner Dan and I tell everybody that you know Olivia basically single handedly helped create this company because of her reading and writing and language skills in fluent Italian, and and so we were sitting down there and Olivia just kind of goes Dan and Jerry just shut up. They, they actually yelled, she yelled at Dan and I at lunch because, you know, we have to be, Italians are very family orientated. And when you're at lunch or at dinner, you don't talk business. And that was really tough for Dan and I, because we had a hundred, hundred questions we had to ask. And, you know, and then we were, I mean, I know I'm abbreviating this, but so Dan and I are ordering, we ordered like 15 samples of guns, like a literally like the fat kid in the candy store. That's what we were when we were talking. Oh, we want this woodcock engraving with demi-block barrels. Oh, who in the hell wants that? We got to have this. And, of course, most of the guns we ordered we were probably just dumb. Um, but it gave us an idea of what they could and couldn't do. And so we get back, and then we right before COVID hit, uh, and, again, we, we – and the, 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 our business plan is basically why – and interrupt me if I'm, I'm dragging on because I do – I kind of get excitable talking about it because I, I think it's just, it's really super cool. But, you know, the American industry or really like the sporting goods business or the gun manufacturers have done a great way of walking into, oh, my dad, name any gun shop in America, that you have to have a 28-inch barrel, a single trigger, semi-automatic, 14 and a quarter length of pull, and this is how you're going to get it. And, and you go to any major sporting goods store, except the high, high ones, there's hardly any really good side-by-sides. So our, our plan was really to focus on the side-by-side. And we created a website um, and uh, basically let people literally design their gun. And, and, that, and what I mean by that is they can pick the barrel length, literally design their gun. And, and it, it's really hard to comprehend when we've always been told, hey, here's 15 superposes and they're all on the, or 15 over and unders and they're all exactly the same. Well, I know what I look like. I know what you look like. Not one person's the same. And so we really talked about giving it people a chance to get a custom fitted gun at, at a, a normal price, so to speak. Um, not a $50,000, $25,000 gun, but a gun at like $2,000, 3000 4000 whatever, where you can get fitted by a gun fitter that we can help you set up. Go to our website and build a gun from the bead, we like to say the bead all the way down to the butt pad, what you want. That also includes engraving. You get to, we do a lot of engraving with people that put their pictures of their dogs underneath. We do a lot of engraving on logos and and so but we the name i we haven't even mentioned the damn the company's name but upland gun company is our company um and uh and we've we introduced the side by sides about three years ago and starting to introduce some over and unders now and we're probably about two to th- about a month away to introducing a th- really cool throwback side by side duck gun um for people 
But but really, you can go on there and create what you want. Uh, we've had guys say, can you guys create a 24, 28, 32 gauge set? Yes, we can. We have. Uh, we let the customer pick the wood. Um, they get to pick whatever grade wood they want. Um, engraving is a big deal for people. We get pictures of their dogs and put it hand engraved underneath. So, so really, we we very have. I think maybe once we've said no, that's something that we can't do with our our friends and family. And I, I want to say friends and family in Italy, the factory, but it's really has developed between it's it's really two families together doing this, and they're and they're artists, they're not gunsmiths. So. We got lucky and found one of the few manufacturers, I think, in the world that does not want to build 15 of the same thing. They want to build one of one. Yeah. And that's really, really, really special. And, uh, and, and you know, we, we talk to all our customers and it's, we've become actually personal friends with a lot of them. Uh, and uh, if Dan and I were smart, we would be, in November and December hunting quail everywhere that we've been invited to. And, but it's just, it's been a, it's a unique different way of, of buying and building a gun. And the neat thing is once we get that gun and it's about six to seven months, we ship it uh, to your FFL of choice to have all the ATF and all the paperwork. So you don't really technically need to go to uh, a big box. If you live in the middle of nowhere uh, you can go to your local hardware store who has an FFL and we'll ship it to that hardware store in, in, in the middle of anywhere. So that's a really quick version of what Upland Gun Company is doing. But um, it's been really uh, rewarding to give people who have not been – I'm not – the gun fitting is really important because we're not all the same. And it's really important for women to be gun fitted. Um, I, I, I can name – a hundreds of situations already that you know i love the hunt but i don't shoot any, i don't i don't bag anything and again it's not about the bag but everybody likes to kill a couple birds once in a while shoot a couple birds and we get them fitted and the guns that they were using i.e an old lc smith or something is an inch and a half too short and the drop is too much and it's, he's a left-handed shooter but has always shot right-handed guns and it's neat to get the phone calls after they've received their gun the first shot they fired, they shoot a bird with it. They shoot a grouse. I've never shot so better. And that's really because of gun fit. And, I mean, how can a guy that's 6'4", 280, have the same gun fit off the rack as a guy that's 5'6", and 170? It's impossible. And that's something that we've really, really tried to explain to people. The other thing you mentioned a while back, which I was really intrigued by, you're selling a lot of guns to the younger crowd, to the millennials. Yeah. And these yeah, guns you know, are an investment, right? It, these, these aren't the $400 shotguns off the rack. I mean, it's an investment. I'm just. No, you're, it's you're incredible. We're, we're, exactly. We're, we're sell, we sell them to the, the, the older people as well, older men and women. But a lot of our, a lot of our traction, I think has been really that 40 and under. Um, a couple reasons I, I look at, uh, you know, my son Parker and and your kids probably eventually, but nobody consumes information how not a lot of magazines are sold anymore. A lot of YouTube, a lot of podcasts, uh, 
does any does, my my son doesn't even I mean he streams everything Parker does um I'm starting to stream everything you know and and so how they get this information Instagram uh Facebook and you know and you can put that up there and and I think what happens is they 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 get a dog uh you buy a dog and you figure out what to do with it and you feel oh my god I can buy this short hair or somebody gave me this and I can hunt with it and and I think what I really what I see this is again my own opinion is once people get involved in the uplands and I'm going to say I'm going to preface that with our barrier to entry for upland hunting is by far the cheapest than any other outdoor activity I can think of waterfowl big game hunting anything I mean basically to be an upland bird hunter Grab a dog, any dog can be a be a mutt. My Bernice Mountain dog. Borrow a shotgun, get a legal license for thirty bucks or whatever, thirty eight bucks, and a blaze orange hat, and you can walk a railroad track with your dog. So really, that's not a big investment in that. And then when people try it and they like it, you know what? I I I want to be proficient. I want better gear. So instead of the Nine, you know, the $29.99 pants, you're upgrading to better pants. And that's what we found that, you know, these people are passionate. They're, they're becoming passionate upland bird hunters and they want to have, they want to increase their performance. They don't want to get wet. They don't want to have briars stuck all over. They want to have a good, well-trained dog. They want to have good breeding. They want good ammo and they want a good shotgun. And they don't want, they want a shotgun that's going to fit them, that's affordable, that's not, that, that it's well-made. And I think we've been able to provide that with a lot of people. And it really goes into that, you know, once you get a taste of something, it's, it's anything. If I was really into racquetball, I would probably have nice racquetball stuff. The visual of me in a racquetball court should be edited out of our podcast. But my point is, whatever you feel excited or passionate about, fishing, fishing, I'm telling you, no different than fishing. I mean, the rods and reels these these, these guys are buying that are right out of college, it's a wow, I could never afford that. But it's, it's awesome because they're getting passionate about the outdoors. And I think my, and you might disagree, but once you're, you feel that passion about bird hunting, dog training, camping, canoeing, you, you do that for the rest of your life. And what's neat about our gun is, is that it's custom fitted to you. You built it, you designed it, you picked the barrel length, you picked the grip that you want, you picked everything about the gun. And that's a gun that you're going to be able to hand down to your son, your daughter, your granddaughter over the next 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, and the neat thing is our the company our family the company that we work with has been around for about 70 years in Italy. So it's not like a CNC machine fly by night type program. I mean these are guns that have stood the test of time and and you know we're we're building a really nice shotgun, a really nice hunting shotgun that that anybody can pick and design and, and have fun with. That's so why I, I know it's long-winded. I apologize. I got to tell you this, this is how passionate you are about this Jerry. <laughs> I, I do get hold, on, hold on my turn i've got the conch all right all right i'm sitting here in the office we took a power hit i've been oh, knocked shit. off the air sitting on my computer yeah. 
refiring, texting our engineer like, we don't have power, we're done, oh my gosh, I screwed up the podcast. Everything resets, we come back on, I fire up the computer, it updates, I get back into my email, I click into the links, and here you are talking <laughs> about barrel length and trigger pull. <laughs> now, that's kind of embarrassing. You are, no, it's not embarrassing, it's a sign of passion. The problem is I'm just going to have to go back and listen to my oh own my podcast God, to pick up the last eight on. minutes of the conversation. <laughs> cut me. Will you cut me off then or something? No, no, I won't. All right. So I did, I did promise to get you out of here in a, in a I, sensible, in a sensible amount of time. So a couple of things, first off, if people want to learn more about the shotguns, where do they find you? You know, UplandGunCompany.com, uh, Google us, Upland Gun. You know, we're pretty easy to find. Um, we're constantly playing around with our website, and there's some really good information about gun fitting, how we do it. Uh, we're going to be launching something here in a couple weeks um, that I don't want that. I, we talked about the duck gun, but uh, we're going to be building basically a 3D we're about a month away, about a 3D builder that basically as you build your beaver tail forend with a double trigger and a, a, oh my God, a semi-pistol grip, that will pot, that will change as you're building your gun. So you're you can visually look at what your, how it will look. Again, it's not 100% exactly what it's going to look like, but you can tell what grade three, what grade two would like versus grade five, what it's going to look like how barrel length and everything. So it's kind of a neat little, uh, they call it a configurator in Italy. I don't know what the American, that's a dumb, crazy name, but basically it's, you get a chance to visually build your gun, go back on it. It's going to be on our website and then go on and basically build your gun. And once you submit that, we don't, we do to take zero. You can, you can send 50 quotes to us online. We're not going to take any money. What we do do is with me or Nick Larson and my partner, Dan LaFond, we're going to physically call you within 24 hours, typically, and we're going to go over the build again. And one thing that we found with some of our younger outdoors people is in, they really don't might. We're re, it's really easy to ask a question to me or Dan or Nick over the phone. It's not, you know, people get embarrassed if you're up behind the behind the counter at Cabela's and you got three old grizzly guys behind you and you ask a question, well, what kind of choke should I get for grouse hunting? And you might be afraid to ask that. And we found that it's a lot easier to ask us and, and you know, or what's the difference between a semi-pistol, a Prince of, or a Prince of Wales pistol and English stock. And, you know, the guy behind the gun counter, he might, you know, he might think he knows, but he's not... He, Things happen, and so it's real easy. So if we see, if you're going to be a chucker hunter or a sharp tail guy, and you want 24 inch barrels, we're going to kind of look back at our our history and say, hey, you know, you want a little longer barrel for a sharp tail. Um, you know, typically, you know, 28 or 30 inch, or God, you know, for 28 gauge, let's go with no less than 28 inch barrels. I'd recommend 30. We can recommend a lot of that stuff. And then we will then, after you and I or Dan or Nick make those changes, we will send you another confirmation spreadsheet with everything that we discuss. And by then we'll, you know, we'll request a deposit 
and we have everything that we can send to Italy to build your gun. After that, within a day or two, uh, and here's the hard part, we send you pictures of what wood that you want to order. So we'll send you three or four pictures of grade five wood, and you pick your wood, and then we pull it, and that'll be the wood that you physically, visually picked to put on your gun sock and fore on when it's done. And then we, the bad thing is we tell people it's worse than Christmas. You have to just wait. Uh, Italians are great people. They have, they, they, they work hard, but they take a couple days off here and there for their Augusto in August. But we're looking at anywhere from six to eight months. And then we'll get the, get the final balance and ship that gun right to you. If you're a two FFL holder, pretty painless process. I'm afraid we're that. To ask you where people can find information on your dogs. Uh, Pine Ridge Grouse Camp, give me a call. Um, you know, like I said, and if, you know, like I said, we do a lot with uh, uh, Yukonuba Dog Food. Um, and, you know, we're at Game Fair. I saw Ron there and, and uh, had a nice chat with him by uh, the info booth. But, yeah, go to Pine Ridge Grouse Camp for the dogs. If you want to talk to me about grouse and woodcock hunting, I'm pretty uh, – a little busy this time of year, but uh, drop me an email, give me a couple days, or leave a voicemail. And if you're interested about you know checking us out next fall and and uh, give me a call sooner rather than later. Um, I know we've already got some hunts on the books for next year and 2025 already. Um, but uh, if it comes to uh, grouse, woodcock, double guns, bourbon, uh, I'm pretty uh, easy to talk to. All right. Before we wrap this up, if you have did time. I, did I why, drain you physically and mentally or what? It's the story of our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've 30. walked 12 miles in the woods with you. Yeah, All right. 30. <laughs> so, hey, That's hey, your nickname hey. around Pine Ridge. Hey, you don't know hey, it. Too soon. All right. It was only like 15 years ago. Too soon. All right. Uh, there are two questions that I want that I ask all my guests and I, I think these are just so perfect for you. Is there one piece of outdoor gear, one little piece of magic that means more to you than, than any other thing you own, whether it's a gun, a fishing rod, you know, a favorite boat, like, is there one thing, one thing that is, I, uh, you know, I, I have one thing and one superstition. Can I answer it that way? Yes, for sure. I have a really cool leather lanyard that I probably had for 25 years. And, uh, I, I didn't have a whistle on it. I don't even know why I wear a lanyard, but it's got my, my flush counters on it. And I don't even keep track of my flushes, but I, for some reason, I always have to have that on me. Um, don't know why. And uh, the other superstition is I always carry two shotgun shells in my left pocket. And reason being, and I've been doing that forever, uh, got a long time, because if I run out of ammo on my vest that I carry, I always got two more to go to. Does that make sense? And they're always with you. I, and I've only, I've used one out of the two on a few occasions. We get into a big woodcock flight or something, um, and I didn't prepare or didn't reload or whatever, but I always carry two 28 gauges or whatever gun I'm shooting at the time 
two uh, uh, two pieces of uh, two shot shells in my left pocket. I love that. And if you don't happen to have them, you just feel something naked. bad's gonna happen. It's I don't know. I mean, I I you know, and it's usually the first one or two guide trips I take in the year because I'm really busy and <laughs> and I didn't have my lander my first trip and I got stuck on the side of the road. I had to call my maintenance guy Matt to come bail me out and tow me. And then uh, I don't know what something else happened that day. It's just this is bad juju. I don't know what it is. So those are my two things. All right. The second question I want to ask you, is there a moment, whether it was back when you were a kid or you were an adult, just something that happened outdoors on a hunt in a fishing boat on a camping trip that just changed you that just sticks with you? Um, actually a very, a very, very vivid moment. And I think it was as all hunters go through that progression where you want to get up at six o'clock and hunt till six o'clock and be, put as many miles down and, and shoot as much as you can and have the perfect dog. I was probably about, I want to say 27, 28, maybe. And I was grouse hunting in Maine. And we were at this cover, uh, it had old abandoned, beautiful, big two-story house and was abandoned. And behind it, it was right alongside the, uh, the ocean and it was a 50 degree day, bright. I mean, just the stuff that you see in pictures, the bright blue sky, my dog gauge at the time went on point and, uh, we so we go in there and flush it or whatever and I can't I don't I don't remember who was with me, um, but it was my I was kind of I was kind of guiding a little bit and whoever was with was taking along and Gage goes on point it's Woodcock we flush it about fifteen he's got it nailed about fifteen twenty yards away and I, I the Woodcock rises up into the blue sky and I can see the, the Atlantic Ocean you know the waves underneath I can still I can just I literally can see it right now. I take one shot at the woodcock, it drops, my dog retrieves it to hand, and I just said, all right, this is like 1.30 in the afternoon, and I just said, all right, we're done. We're, we're, today's done. Because it doesn't get any better than that. And that, that, that moment just really, it's just like, it's like seared in your brain. That it was such a cool visual that you can't replicate that. And then about three years later, we were my actually I was hunting with my business partner now Dan in the UP and it was say, you know, 50 degrees, bright bright blue sky. We were in Segola, Michigan. I shoot a I shoot a woodcock and a grouse get a woodcock and a grouse get up at the same time. I shot the woodcock first, swung and made a lucky shot on a grouse. So I shot a true double on grouse and woodcock, and I looked up. The sky's crystal blue. The, as the yellow aspen leaves are just kind of trickling down like snowflakes. And Dan and I looked at each other and said, you know, Dan's excited. I mean, all right, we're done. You know, when you get those moments like that, you just, you have to just stop. And th those would be two, two of the moments I, that just, I mean, I mean, I literally can see them right as now we're talking. So those would be my two moments. Segola. I've hunted there. Kind of over by Crystal Falls. A little bit. If anybody wants to go hunt and go to the UP, stay out of northern Minnesota. 
And with more that, birds in the UP, tell them. It's a wrap. Go see Al Stewart. He will get you on birds there in Michigan. Jerry, thanks so much. Sure appreciate the stories and the time. And you have created a tradition. I hope I hope so. And uh, like I said, we're uh, I don't know if we're any good, but we uh, we have a good time and we have a lot of fun. And uh, I I'm probably the most proud at Pine Ridge that we do it the right way. Uh, and that that means a lot that we do it how they were doing it 120 years ago. Side well, by was, sides, bird dogs and grouse and woodcocks. Well, I was in Michigan last fall and they were all angry because they all knew about sort of your camp and just the reputation and they know nothing about it and don't have it figured out. But yeah, they all know who you are these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, right. well, like, like Brenda says, wait till you get to know them. <laughs> wait till you get to know them. All right. Well, Jerry, right, that about Bob. does it. Sure do appreciate it. I will see you in the woods. I am Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. This is the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. Again, a big thank you to all the sponsors who uh, help us get to you each week. Until next week, as we always say, be sure to introduce a kid to the great outdoors. Did you guys really lose power?